Welcome to the Dan and Kimberly podcast. I'm recording. If you're still <gasps> recording, then I'm also recording. Wow. We can have redundant recordings of everything. Then we won't lose things ever That's again. That's true. Technically true. <laughs> Unless there's some sort of catastrophic, serendipitous dumping well, of both of our computers. Well, no, like if I flip this mic and record, uh, like just echo again, there's no <laughs> amount of double recording that will ever rescue us from that type of scenario. I don't so, know. yeah, that's true because the uh, original would be tainted. Yeah, exactly. So if we, it was the same as like when I used to do gigs with like my brother. Mm-hmm. If you like set up in such a way where like you just get straight up like bad feedback into the speakers and stuff mm-hmm. you just you're just screwed you're like just... some venues it's just rough to get like decent audio quality not even for recordings right but just for like the audience mm-hmm. um, and it's not like that your instruments went stale or something right <laughs> so uh so yeah, it can be the same here. But even though I'm in a different thing, I'm certain this microphone is pointing at my face. <laughs> so we'll be okay. You know how to do that now. We've, yeah. we've learned. Learning. My, co- my commentary on this lesson will be will be heard by the public. <laughs> so if, dear listener, you want to record a podcast, <laughs> always make sure your microphone's pointed in the right That's direction. That's so legit, though. <laughs> If we could take lessons out of making this podcast for a year, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the lessons we learned were probably the most obvious ones that everybody would tell you, and we still had to fall in the hole to learn them. That is that is my way. I don't know if that's your way, but I'll take that. Um, actually, that's uh, what we're talking about today is one of those things that I fell in the hole and I went, oh, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I'm a little slow. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm Kimberly Joy. And I'm Dan Faye. <laughs> and this time I'm going to just kind of riff about something that I relearned recently and actually grounded in possibly a more usable, at least for me, place in my brain. And it seemed like an interesting thing to share. So I'm so excited. You're so excited. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good deal. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> I really didn't want to go. So that's my radical honesty. But I had the opportunity to go for free to a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event in Los Angeles. I didn't want to go. There were going to be 15,000 people in that crowd. That's so many people. I've never been in a room that size. (laughs) And it was a flat room and they had all these screens and it was done really well. But I just kind of don't like big groups of people. And when I got there, it was kind of this rave culture where everybody's jumping and hugging and he's having people give each other massages. And I was like, what did I get myself into? I do not like this. (laughs) But I was there and somebody sponsored me. Somebody invested a lot of money in my being there. So I decided that I I better figure out how to get as much out of this as possible. So one of the things I took away from that whole experience, which I recommend for anybody who doesn't like crowds and is over analytical about things, is just to go. Just have the means. It's an interesting experience. 
But um, because I'm so analytical, there's this glass I put the world behind where I'm just trying to make sense of it like a science experiment. And if you've listened to our podcast, I'm sure you've heard that in our language. Play with it, experiment with it. And, and I think we both try to engage in things in real time. But I know for myself, I sometimes lose that piece. I and Tony is very much about the physiology. You're in a body, you have to engage your body. And there's something that he did within this four-day experience called priming that I'm tweaking and adjusting and playing with to make it my own. But it grounded the gratitude practice. And you know that um, like envisioning the future you want thing that you hear in personal development yeah, yeah. groups? I'm always like, okay, I kind of get it. Sort of, maybe. I mean, if you don't know where your point B is, yeah. <laughs> how do you know how you're going to get there? Right. Well, I'm good at the goal setting part, sort of. And I'm good at making a map, sort of. But why go through this ritual where you actually envision it sure. and embody it? But you hear it over and over again. Why do you drive a Ferrari? Because I envisioned myself driving a Ferrari for 10 years. Right. And so it, was, it became inevitable. And I'm kind of yeah, like, I've heard that a lot. That sounds kind of woo woo. Can you show me the math, the science <laughs> behind that? So <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. Do you have anything that you connect to your body in a way to make it real? Like any practice or any experience in, in your um, seminar work that you guys did with your people? Uh... So I so I'm I'm a pretty simple person in that regard I think like for me the most consistent I've done when I know that like I've let my life sweep me up mm -hmm. for like a while but I finally like clicked into it like I've had one of those moments of free will just like a, <laughs> a sliver where I'm like whoa I've been on off for a month holy crap <laughs> um, I I actually really enjoy just like forcing myself into a breathing exercise um, especially because when I'm in like just away with the current of life, I don't want to stop and slow down and just like be like, hey, how are my arms feeling? Hey, how are my toes feeling? Hey, how's my chest feeling? Hey, like, like all that stuff. And I think partially it's because like, I don't want to be what I'm probably trying to protect myself from is like, being overwhelmed by like the anxiety I think I'm feeling or like something else. Mm. Um, and so like, I but like to force myself out of that inertia, right? I just sit down. And I just like close my eyes and I'm just like, oh man, my left hand kind of hurts. And I like do like, so the main stuff I did in seminar when we were doing stuff like that was breathing exercises and like irregular meditation, relaxing exercise, mm -hmm. which is like focusing on every single part of your body and relaxing it. Um, and I've actually got a surprising amount of like leverage out of when I step back into the world out of that, I, I like myself again like for a bit yeah um and so uh so i've actually like found a decent amount of um utility out of the classics i guess i'll put mm -hmm. it that way um yeah so that i'm pretty i'm pretty basic in that regard nothing nothing super revolutionary well i don't think what what they're teaching in this program is that revolutionary that's why my brain wants to go yeah 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 you know this and just kind of dismiss it and walk <clears> away know yeah. this yeah you've done this stuff ah take a stretch your ego just gets a little 
And so putting my ego aside and actually going, okay, I'm just going to do this as many times as he asks me to do this in this giant room of people I don't know. And when he does this priming thing, he actually starts with a breathing exercise. And um, I've been doing that more, the breathing exercises. And the thing I'm finding is that I'm resistant to doing it because it pulls me out of the inertia of whatever feeling I'm having that I want to justify as real. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can step out of anxiety whenever I want. Why am I there so often? Like, that's what my brain is like yeah. on right now. Why am I like addicted to this low level anxiety all the time when I could just sit down and do a 10 minute breathing exercise? And like you said, be more myself on the other side. Why do I fight that? And so that's a lot of what Tony does is, um, what are you feeling now? And like really looking in, what does it feel like right now when you're feeling anxious? Pay attention to how you're standing, how um, like he's even, he does a lot of posture stuff. Where are your shoulders? How does that feel? How does it feel when you tilt your shoulders all the way back? This is confidence. And he just has you do it over and cool. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like grounded in there. When I was doing business training work, it was posture is like such a huge thing about when you're doing like body reminders. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's so amazing, especially when like, uh, when you're like gently chastising people about like being good audience members <laughs> and you like teach them about like rolling their shoulders and like sitting up straight and like being attentive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's so funny how like the energy in the crowd just like shifts mm-hmm. just by people like rolling their shoulders and sitting up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of wonderful when you, uh, when someone's instructing you to like, pause enough in your world to be like you realize you're hunched right you realize you're feeling like closed and a little bit like defensive Mm -hmm. and stuff it's like how does it feel when you open up does that feel good do you feel more vulnerable now like what are you feeling just like yeah experience it (laughs) yeah yeah he actually had us do those not just like one-on-one how are you feeling but now join with a partner let's get you with a stranger now i want you to sell this person something as if you don't care neat and then he would ratchet up. Okay, now pay attention to each other, give each other feedback. What were the body tells you got from the person who didn't care? And so we'd go, well, you were kind of quiet and you were pulled back and all of that stuff, like how your body's reading. Yeah. How, and then how did you feel? And then, okay, now sell something to this person for the next two minutes as if your children will die if you don't make the sale. <laughs> and just like over and over again, all of these different. Interesting really emotional, uh, generating a lot of emotions, which was so uncomfortable for me. Like, uh, one of them was be really, really excited. And I'm like, this is it. I'm either excited or I'm not. (laughs) No gradient here. And so trying to match that with a partner who was giving me feedback was challenging and really good for me. You're making me so nostalgic for like when I work (laughs) in dyads like that with other people when I was going through classes. Yeah, it's um... it's so like intense and vulnerable and like just thinking back on it makes me nervous. Just like thinking back on it because I'm just like, oh, you're like so on the back foot. There's no script. Mm -hmm. Especially like this is your first time going and seeing him specifically. So like you had no idea what he was going to ask. And all of a sudden you're being put like way out of your comfort zone and being asked to do things that you may have not even thought was like realistic, right? Like if, if you, if you truly believe like your temperament switch has like two modes, uh-huh. right? And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, amp it up. I know. Amp it up like, to 150%. What? What? I, that's not on my dial. I, yeah. 
my stapler I can't yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was just um like the whole experience I felt like I was amped up just to get myself there and then having to do that off and on for four days and I wasn't even tired at the end of four days that was the weirdest part I expected to be wiped out I was okay like it was okay my bedtime's usually eight we didn't even get over till past midnight sometimes yeah and I was still okay and so that just kind of affirmed to me, like really personally, not in an analytical way. Oh my God, I'm a human. <laughs> this is a, a thing. I have to <laughs> take care of this car I drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was, um, it was really good. And in that, you can even look up his priming exercise. If you want to do it the Tony way, and give it a try. He recommends giving doing like a 10 to 30 day challenge. Like just do it for 10 to 30 days and see what happens. So first is a breathing exercise and he just get in your body and kind of clear out all that, whatever it was you were feeling, thinking beforehand, whether it's anxiety or just planning, all that stuff, get rid of it. And then he goes into a gratitude practice, which I've done analytically on paper many times. And that is helpful, but analytical papery yeah. gratitude practice is a thing. But he, he kept having us pull, pull something out like you're, that you're grateful for. And for me, it was like, okay, so walking down the beach to get married. I re that's a really strong memory for me. So I could pull that one out. Now look at it as if it's over there like that from a third person now, now be grateful for it now bring it really close as if you're inside it and feel how different that feels and there's a shift in your physiology like I just got chills just saying that <laughs> he said that is a gratitude practice and so you do the breathing exercise and then you do one minute for each of three things that you're grateful for every wow. morning and I was like okay this is very different because it's visceral Mm. It's not just, cool. oh, I checked the block. I did a gratitude practice. Yep, I did the thing. I'm growing. I'm in the personal growth community. Chuck, chuck, chuck. And so it forces me to make it real. And I can't, I can't multitask. My problem with my brain is I can do a gratitude practice and be doing it and writing it down and still be low level figuring something out over here. I mean, it's only a sentence. Right, so it's like a list. Yeah. A list. Yeah. And so bringing it closer, he recommends you do it in the morning. And what that does is it primes your brain. What is priming? Like in so psychology, that's a term. What is priming? Do you know what that term means? Uh, well, it's just, it's just doing the preparatory things that get something ready, right? Mm -hmm. So even, even if you're going to prime something for an experiment, you make sure that there's nothing like in the way that would like messy the results. Right. Um, before you do it like you're trying to get to an initial state right you, you make this wild assumption that everything's like chaotic <laughs> and that you need to like get it up to some baseline mm -hmm. and then it's primed for some like clean test it's ready mm -hmm. right it's ready ready yeah um somebody who is amazing crazy amazing at priming not just individuals but crowds is darren brown mm. he's somebody that's on netflix and youtube and you can watch him do all these things that make it seem like he's reading people's minds but what he's doing is he's priming them with the words that he says with the images that he exposes the crowd to beforehand so that they are more ready to access information that's already in their head like we all already have like say the image of a giraffe 
in our heads and he will subliminally expose somebody to that and then their brain when they're asked what's your favorite animal or what's an animal you think of they're more likely to think of a giraffe interesting yeah cool so what the priming does in combination with the gratitude practice is it just brings up information that's already in your head you're already grateful for these things you already appreciate them they're already there but you're bringing them to the surface so that's what your brain is programmed to see for the day you're basically calibrating your bias. Right. You're like, you're pre-setting your bias for the day to be more grateful, to see those things. Right. I'm going to do this again tomorrow. Maybe I'm going to pick up something that I can add to my practice tomorrow. And because it's so visceral, it actually is sticking in my brain more than just the analytical version. Because it's the same practice. It's a gratitude yeah. practice. It's really simple. This isn't like brand spanking new. It's a lot of NLP. It's a lot of, Tony just like read a crap load of books and push it <laughs> but for me this physical piece and it might not be as important for you as a listener or for you dan but for me to bring it out of that just brain space and to actually live it is changing the way it's actually panning out during the day that makes total sense That's, to me yeah it makes sense right and it's so simple it uh that i mean if 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 a listener has listened to like a bunch of our audiography so far <laughs> um like that may explain some of our like love affair and fascination with like presence work mm -hmm. um because there's there is a physical visceral aspect to that mm -hmm. like when you snap into the world and you realize like you're breathing and what the air feels like and how you feel and like you're very in the moment mm -hmm. um that that is also like a physical, not so intellectual thing. Cause like it can get intellectual because if you start doing like watcher shenanigans and stepping back, <laughs> then you're like putting that glass back up, right? Because you're trying to do something else. You're trying to observe. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, like in the moment of getting there, I feel like very alive and very human and very just like this person out of the flow of my commitments and responsibilities and all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, I'm not just a, you know, conveyor belt worker and this person with this schedule that has to do these things. Like, I am alive sitting in this room right now, you know, drinking this right now, experiencing all this stuff. And when I can be in that space and engage in personal growth, then I completely agree with you. There's something, uh, it gets more to like the root of why you'd even be doing it. Mm -hmm. because you start working on like the human part of you yeah. not like not like adjusting bits in like the the analytical construct of yourself your your, your personality like your, your fake projected one you're like <laughs> oh if i optimize this piece and i move that piece i can be better mm -hmm. in this situation better in that situation I handle this type of people and improve this relationship but when you step back and you're like oh what about what about the, the human biological dan yeah, like blood pumping and this breathing and all this stuff. Thing. Um, you can start putting time in there too. I, I'm not trying to villainize either side of it, right? But like no. noticing that there's an inclination to go with one or the other. I'm very analytical too, right? So like I go to the one because I would rather build constructs and like release them on the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the watcher is my default mode. And sure. if your default mode isn't the watcher, maybe going more analytical is going to help you. Like whatever rubber band effect is going to pull you away from your default mode so you can have both skills. 
I just have a muscle imbalance. <laughs> it's like I've been lifting with my right arm for 10 years and I just switched the hand to my left and I went, ow, Right. maybe I should work out both sides. So uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, the third part that Tony Robbins teaches in his priming is uh, visualization. And this is the one that we talked about before. I'm just going to visualize a Ferrari. He even tells a story in his, and you actually can get, see pretty much everything that they do at Unleash the Power Within on YouTube. It's all on there. Sure. Like you can find the whole thing. You don't have to pay to go. But for me, with my analytical brain, it broke the glass. I had, to, I think I had to be there in person. Or well, being I, in that quote unquote rave culture and within uh, that like energy, uh-huh. uh, you get like the, there's a certain amount of like cheaty advantage to being in just like a wave of energy. Mm-hmm. Cause like, and I, I talked to you about this, like before you went, right. Where mm-hmm. I'm just like, cause you had some concerns and I was kind of like poking fun at you a little bit being like, do, you were, do you think you can, you know, not match their wavelength? Like, do you think you're not just going to get swept away and like go and match their frequency? I had no idea it was 50,000. I wouldn't have even joked about it if it was like that. Cause it's like, <laughs> limited chance that you're like resilient enough like sure in theory mm-hmm. in theory i could see someone going into atmosphere like that and being able to like hold their ground um but the i thought the current for a long time yeah well you're you could be you could be tough like that because you're just like <laughs> who cares my 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 way's my way's good it's it's working it's fine it's fine uh, but like eventually especially with like that much energy and someone like tony robbins because he's like he's such a like a beacon of like being able to project that and like set that tone and like mm-hmm. reset it and reset it and reset it. like he has that kind of charisma to do it um like normal humans that are trying super duper hard like will eventually let their guard down well he's been honing the skill of breaking the glass for like 20 years yeah. like this is his talent yeah oh you think you can take come on come in the ring with me little person yeah like totally. that's what that's like his candy you don't think you need this? Oh, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was really good. So this envisioning thing that I've always just kind of poo-pooed. Oh, that's just a thing. That's like, that's for those people who are, I think the word is suggestible. Like oh, people sure. can be hypnotized and you know, there's this certain set of people who are very suggestible. They're, they can take in suggestions. I am more of the questioning, question, question, question. So it's I don't, interesting. Because, like, I've heard people brag on the other side of that, too. So I actually, I completely hear what you're saying. Like, uh-huh. I, I've had some some speakers say, because I when I was in the business world doing achievement stuff, uh, uh-huh. I would hear a lot of talks to, with people talking about uh, casting vision and dream building. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that house you're going to own. Think about the lifestyle you're going to have. Think about, like, all this stuff that, like, prosperity and wealth and opportunity can, like, bring you and help that to help you, like, grind it out and push through certain stuff, right? Um, but I, I firmly like understand what you're saying because there were some speakers that was like you know why this worked for me because i'm just a simple person and i just believe <laughs> and i was like right i'm always like that for you i'm always like damn that's not me though <laughs> i'm super skeptical about everything <laughs> yeah. uh you want me to suspend disbelief and it will just manifest itself i don't think yeah. that's how it works. Have you been to school? Yeah. So, so I've, uh, I've argued with that a lot. In fact, I still argue with that. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm so skeptical though. Yeah, me too. Me too. 
So um, the story he tells in this particular part of his thing, which you can find on YouTube, is about Walt Disney. And apparently Walt Disney died before the park became what it is. And so a, uh, a reporter came and interviewed Walt's brother and said, isn't it like sad for you? Like, isn't today hard? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? Walt Disney never got to see his dream. And his response was, he saw this a long time ago. That's why it's here. Right. It was because he could see the dream. And I'm always like, what? <laughs> so connected with the priming and the gratitude practice, it started to make sense. Okay, okay. So it's not just I'm going to like dream and believe and it will magically happen. It's the same kind of priming my brain to be looking for those opportunities that are aligning with what I'm envisioning. So after doing your three, I'm grateful, which puts you in for me a very tingly, happy place in my body, cool, which is yeah. slightly uncomfortable, but I'm getting used to it, building a tolerance to happiness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm truly inspired and happy right now. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> How do I turn this off? No, you no, know. I'm going to persevere. Yeah, I'm actually more comfortable with despair and... sure you know, <laughs> being nihilistic than I am with truly feeling happy, which was a, a bit of a slap in the face because I come off as very happy. Usually people think I'm pretty upbeat. Um, so envision something that you want to happen. So like I've been envisioning, this is going to sound stupid, just eating healthy today. That's the gift I'm giving myself. I'm envisioning awesome. myself eating that bowl of raw kale and whatever it is that I'm trying to get more of because I'm having some weird food sensitivities lately that's making me have arthritis issues which kind of dates me but stuff like that okay what else do I want to envision I want to envision let's see this is a hard practice for me I want to envision all four of my children successfully moving out that's <laughs> a good one and so you just sit there for a minute each and just the same way I pulled the memory of my wedding that I'm grateful for all the way back so I'm living it do that with what you are envisioning and so if you consistently start to envision the same things every morning it simply primes your brain for that day to see the opportunities to not give up when you hit a wall no no i can do this yeah. i've been envisioning it it seems more and more possible it's not magic it's brain science and i like brain science a yeah. lot yeah yeah so that's what that's priming is bringing it all the way to a physiological level and actually almost living it to the point where it's it's disengaging the nope machine a bit. Why can't you have that thing? Say it's a Ferrari. I don't want a Ferrari, but say it's a Ferrari. Yeah. We all have that like no machine. That won't work because this and this and this and you can't and you don't want to be a failure. Why try? All that kind of negative narrative that we all have that's a defense mechanism that we can put up it starts to chip away at that. And so eventually those walls can come down and you might actually, might, because I'm still a little skeptical, although I have been eating more kale. So there's oh that. And I, I'm not a big fan of kale, but I, I need it in my diet. So on these small things, I'm testing it on something small while still casting forward a bit. Um, Cause this is the part that I'm still having a hard time suspending disbelief, but it makes sense. Is there anything that you've you've accomplished that you thought was impossible before simply because you thought it was possible? Uh, well, lots of stuff in seminar. So like I have lots of like, so 
dear listener who cannot see me well and you've never met me in person either i'm handicapped uh i've had lots of like experiences in seminar where we went off as a group to do like some sort of team building activity that was very physical mm-hmm. but because i was like in a state of like so there's a very popular book on like the bestseller list right now that's like uh what the art of not giving a fuck oh i haven't read that one have you read it um uh only a bit mm-hmm. uh i have lots of books that i'm like finger deep in but <laughs> but that uh but i'm i'm empathetic to just even that title because because at times when like i've been in like a very like actualized state of just being like i'm just me and i'm just going to do what i feel like i need to do mm-hmm. um then like i i basically don't care like when everyone else is like oh we're going to repel this thing and go up this thing like all that nope stuff Mm-hmm. they'd be like right in my head being like man that's gonna be super hard and i'm not even sure you can lift your legs that high and like all this stuff i'd just be like fuck it i'll go first <laughs> and i'm just like i, I just wish like, i had been there i would have loved to have seen and, and then i'm just like okay let's go and i'm just like climbing the thing and nearly falling and like doing the whole <laughs> thing and like trying to like figure it out like very very not analytical uh-huh yeah right like very outside of like oh let me look around for a bit and figure out how i in my state could possibly get up this thing mm-hmm. instead of like one foot after the other you know <laughs> try to put this thing up there oh that's not gonna work i'm gonna climb with my knees um and like i did a bunch of olympic village um which i mean in my physical state like isn't totally realistic like looking back necessarily um but i totally did a bunch of it like n- nearly all of it actually literally all of it that was asked for me Mm-hmm. Um, so not necessarily realistic but possible yeah it was possible mm-hmm. but if I, but if i wasn't in a state where i just like went for it mm-hmm. i'm not sure i would have had like the gusto to suspend my disbelief yeah to just like just do it like and i that's such a popular modern stance like just do it like you you have ideas in your head or you want to reach for your dreams just go do it and like sometimes that really frustrates me because i'm like yeah. it's not that easy sometimes you need to like have a plan uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but there are some moments like isolated moments in your life during mm-hmm. that period of executing your plan where you actually have a lot more leeway than you think to just like give it your all right to just like engage with your vision because you it was actually really so that actualization piece i'm i'm really fascinated with you talking about it because that idea of doing gratitude like that and then like vision casting like that makes sense i've always i've super always struggled with vision casting Mm-hmm. always always it's like i've done so many like dream building events and like thought experiments and like list 10 things you really want and like all this stuff and i just like i get to two or i get to three and like i don't even believe the three like i find it really hard to like engage with that type of material mm-hmm. um, but when you were talking about like eating healthier and what it would look like to cast vision and like like visualize and set your state for that um it actually made so much sense, like taking a minute for each, because then you would like walk into the kitchen, right? And I can just picture, I can picture like just being like, cool, I've already envisioned this. So like, I have three things I can do. I could do what I would always do, or I could just like pivot slightly, move my hand over here, open this thing, make that. And I would, I would have made that vision a reality. Mm-hmm. And like, there's something attractive about like sitting for a minute and like visualizing a lifestyle you want. And then especially different than gratitude to me because like you can be very actionable about it mm-hmm. so like you just like walk into your kitchen you're just like oh i could start making that real right now 
that's wild. Like I can see before me in my life, the next three steps that would already make me taking that small step. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find that like, that's pretty cool because if you did that every day, you could like course correct your life and you could like build routine upon routine and like Mm -hmm. do all the things. Right. The funny thing that just happened right before we got on is we just came in from outside taking care of the chickens and we're going to eat lunch. My daughter's five. And so I went and did some things and I came back and she had actually poured me the bowl of kale already. Yeah. So in a weird way, it did manifest and I'm still a little like, (laughs) what is happening? (laughs) Here's your kale, mom. Good thing I envisioned that this morning because you train the world how to treat you, Kimberly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The other thing that I've been like probably getting a little too analytical about is I think that sometimes we do this as um, teenagers, if we have, you know, if if we grow up in a semi-healthy environment, we do this as teenagers naturally. We don't have as much of a nope machine. Like I can remember very specifically, I was a, just like it was called five-day missionary. And we just would go to people's houses and basically do daycare for an hour and teach them Bible stories. And my favorite thing to teach was always the missionary story because I was raised in an evangelical Christian house. And so we'd tell these stories with this flip book with these big pictures over five days, we'd tell the story. And I loved making it dramatic and having like the best cliffhangers so the kids would come back the next day. Like I just loved doing that. So I had in this weird way kind of, envisioned a missionary lifestyle over and over and over again and when I was 15 this opportunity popped up to go to Africa I was 15 they expected all adults you had to like make three thousand dollars in order to go you had to raise your own money and I didn't question it for a minute I just knew I was going and I I asked people for money which is super uncomfortable for me like I don't ask people for anything that's just not who I am in general and I just did it I don't remember having any doubt and I went, it was like one of my favorite things as a teenager that I did was going to Africa and then coming back and spending a week in Europe. And this whole thing happened and I didn't doubt it. And I'm wondering if that's not the same mechanism. We just don't have as much of a note machine when we're kids. Mm, could be, yeah. Could be. It, uh, well, it's the same as like, yeah, I could, cause like, Kids do that all the time, right? Like they want to save money for a bike or for a pet or for some type of thing. And it's just like, okay, like I'll go do the stuff. Like they might have a little bit of resistance like here and there. Uh-huh. Overall, it's like, oh, there, there was a road to it. There's a road for us to go to Disneyland. I just have to do like these things <laughs> in the summer. Okay. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I'll, I'll kind of begrudgingly not want to get up in the morning to go mow the lawn or anything, but like I'll do it and I'll be stoked when we get there. And like, like the world will play its hand, right? Uh-huh. Um, whereas when you're an adult, you have a whole lot more like gotchas like well if i if i didn't get a coffee every day yeah i could you know take that uh vacation to cuba or to hawaii or wherever um but then like the the very next morning you're like man i really really want a coffee though yeah because that's gonna make like this day better yeah it's like i don't know i i'm not even sure or like some other cop out of being like oh there's probably some other way to get the money (laughs) <laughs> too right so so it's not like the specific thing matters so in some ways i think uh a, a child's world also like or a, a young adult's world like naturally like streamlines what they believe they have access to anyway 
So instead of thinking like, oh, there's other avenues I could have done this. They're just like, oh, there's a path. Okay. Like I, I'm going to like start doing the things that were said to be on this path. They may not do it perfect, but they seem much more aligned to just believe the world is a step, like a set of steps mm. that, that they see or that they told were told existed. Whereas adults are just like, those aren't the steps or like, yeah, I'll try the first step. But that first step, that seems pretty boring or that doesn't seem sustainable. So I'm just going to, I'm going to find another way. Like adults are super good at being like, because we know so much, right? The world's so yeah. vast. We have the internet. We have all this stuff. We've probably seen other people do things in different ways. Yeah. Even though th- those may not even be opportunities we have access to. So <laughs> that your brain just kind of is just like, ah, oh, whatever. There'll be another, there'll be an in-run. <laughs> right? We have a whatever brain. <laughs> right. And yeah, so yeah. if you prime yourself instead to just like, almost uh just be open to the steps that are literally in front of you and not the ones that your brain are pretending you may have in the future right which is maybe better opportunity right because that's not (laughs) what you're saying in the morning right you're like you're not being like i I might be grateful about my family if they do these things or if i you know see my shadow and i go and open the door (laughs) Uh, instead you're like no, I am. And this is how I feel about it. And it's visceral and it's here. Mm-hmm. And that like primes you to be like, good. I want to nurture that. I want to continue that. I want to like see more of that today and, and enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Instead of like gotching yourself or like noping yourself into some weird corner. Mm-hmm. And then when you start putting like goals and vision in front of it. So like the gratitude is something we're like relatively more use, used to, especially in like the personal growth industry, I think. Um, and so then transferring that to vision casting, which I think can be like a bunch harder, um, then you, it's kind of neat because it does make sense that you would transfer some of that mindset. Yeah. And just be like, well, if I want to start eating healthier, it starts with what I was thinking about this morning because I seem to think that's like the best way forward. Right. And then instead of like second guessing yourself, it's like, oh, I shouldn't eat kale. You know, okay, let's not eat the rest of that. And like, let's wait until we go grocery shopping on Thursday. And like, let's like all these different adult things, right? That like sidetrack you. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, oh, no, that this is what I envisioned and I can do it in one second. Or like, um, or instead of like uh, your, your daughter pouring you that, <laughs> and then you being like, oh, but that's not what I wanted this morning. Like, I was intending on having that for, you know, brunch or lunch or mm-hmm. something else. Instead, just like jumping on those opportunities, right? Like, oh man, I saw it and like, now it's happening. And like uh, trying to dissolve some of that disbelief, some of that second guessing, even like you were kind of talking about in this discussion, uh-huh. Uh-huh. being like, is this really happening? And instead just like surrendering to the whole thing and just being like, whatever, I guess we're going. Yeah, I guess we're already started. <laughs> Which is during Tony Robbins, like, a bunch of it probably felt like that, right? Because you had no idea what he was going to ask you. Yeah, I've never even read any of his books before. Like, so eventually you have to get into a state where you're just like, well, I guess I'm talking about things I really care about now. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, guess I'm so. talking disinterested now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm like, like that is one of my favorite, but also like super uncomfortable states about doing seminar work. Yeah. It's like, eventually I get into this mode where like I'm less resistant to the, to the swerves in the road that the facilitator is going to bring. And instead, like, my brain is just like, I guess we're doing this now. And I just, like, jump into it. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, but that was definitely most pointing with the physical stuff. Because that's, like, where my biggest, like, barriers of, like, gotcha in my life are. Yeah, yeah. Because I have, like, actual disabilities that, like, make it more challenging. It's, like, literally more challenging. Yeah. It's not impossible. But it's, like, it's it's not in my head. Like, it's a, 
Well, and the world will reflect that back to you too. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, totally. Do you know that you're handicapped? Have you noticed? No, this great. Be hard for you. When I'm in that state, <laughs> I, I adore that, especially when I'm getting that feedback from people in seminar. Uh-huh. Did I ever tell you, this is probably off recording. Um, my favorite memory, he's, he's now passed away, unfortunately, but he was, he was an amazing facilitator. Um, I got halfway up this like um, huge log climb, like you climbed on these nails to go up this giant phone pole. Mm-hmm. Um, I got halfway up to like the first summit on it. And I was like leaning there, like exhausted. And the second half is like much harder for like where your foot things are. Um, and I was like sitting there and I was like looking down and the facilitator was at the bottom. He's like, Dan, you've done amazing. You can stop here. You know, this is fine. You can just like go and jump and hit that buoy instead of going up to the top and doing the other one. I literally looked down with him like, fuck you. I'm getting up to the top of this thing. <laughs> and like, it's kind of, it's what spurred me on uh-huh. was like this rejection of a lot of the feedback I often get from like, not my family, because my family's pretty like, do whatever. Um, but like the regular quote unquote world. Is that Where, called enableism? Uh, ableism. Ableism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I knew there was a word for it. Um, How yeah, fun. Did you it, make it all the way to the buoy? Yes. Though I couldn't stand. So what we did, we climbed all the way to the top. Uh-huh. And then people would like stand literally at the top of of the telephone pole thing and they would jump off it we were lapeled or whatever we had, we had a climbing crew mm-hmm. um and we would jump to hit a buoy that was like out in the in like the middle of the sky out suspended in space in front yeah. of you and 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 hit it with your hand right mm-hmm. um it was basically a leap of faith uh but i couldn't i'm glad i didn't try because i don't think i can um like stand on that thing like it was very i'm not only like an eight inch diameter yeah like i'm not very stable to do that um and so instead i got all the way up to the top and Mm -hmm. i sat there and i looked down at my crew and i'm like boom i'm gonna need you guys to fly me out to that thing i'm gonna count to three (laughs) and i'm like are you guys good and they're like yeah and i'm like cool one two three and i kicked off and like jumped like i did thing and they superman they pulled and then i went boom and hit the thing Uh, and I got feedback like later that whole thing that like that was like one of the most like intense experiences of like the whole that whole thing they were doing and I had this, this one woman like sobbing to me when we were doing the wrap up Aww, how like, fun. Well, being part of your crew and flying you was like the most inspirational thing I've ever done in my life and I'm like cool I've told you that before we're like yeah. you be handicapped like has these weird dividends that like I don't really pay dues for um, <laughs> and I really enjoy it I, I, I'm uh-huh. glad I'm part of the personal growth like community in that way because there's like some stuff that I can kind of pay forward. Yeah. Um, That's a really cool Just story. by existing. Yeah. 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 Life's good. Um, there was, so we have this note machine and his name's Joseph McLennan, I think. I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he teaches off and on the two, two days of the seminar. Like there's videos of Tony, but Tony's only there for two days. And um, he's this, he's not huge. So Tony's freaking huge, right? He's this giant. <laughs> yes. Even his head is huge. And then Joseph is really small. It's really small. And I didn't realize he's 65. He's up there moving and shaking his ass. <laughs> and that's like the biggest thing I took away from him. And I've been doing a lot of dancing since I got home. Is when nice. the nope machine kicks in and, and like kind of threatens your vision. When you're, when you're doubting yourself, shake your ass. It's like, that is the weirdest advice 
ever. When I first heard him say that, I was like, oh my God, this is like so dumb. <laughs> we are junior hires. Right. I've been shaking my ass since I got home. Yeah. And it works. It works. Putting on something upbeat and just dancing around the kitchen, shaking my butt, doing weird stuff gets me in my body and it disengages all of that nope, the uh, other plan that might happen. All of that stuff just kind of starts to dissolve. It's so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) Being a people is bizarre. And I think that might be part of what you get in those ropes courses is just that dissolving of disbelief. No, I did it. I did it. We did it. We worked together. I flew. I hit the thing. There it was. It happened. And we can't always be on a ropes course. We can't always be with... In a sea of 50,000 people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) So bringing some of these skills home that are actually usable right now has been really, really good. And then another thing that I pulled back, which makes so much sense. Okay, so when you go flying with a new pilot, I was a crew chief in the army for helicopters, the new pilots were always jerky. And you can probably see that with just like a new driver behind the vehicle. Like, oh, they overcorrect, right? Like, ooh, swerve, swerve, swerve. It's like a nauseating ride. And we would tell the pilots to stop stirring the pot because they're just like going in circles with the with their um the helicopter and that's what we do so much is we try to overcorrect, like everything okay so i'm gonna vision cast and it's gonna be amazing and it's only a uh, 150 degrees from the direction that i'm currently on right and so we're stirring the pots so we're gonna overcorrect, and then we're gonna think it's bad and then we're gonna overcorrect. we're gonna go back and forth and everybody around us and probably ourselves are getting nauseated and so the story he tells, because he's very visual and he's very story. He likes to like ground it in something real. I don't even know if all the stories are real. All I know is they're really great at getting the point across. Think about something like learning golf. If you're out there and you're overcorrecting, your ball is going to always slice away from your goal. It has to be these tiny, tiny adjustments. You have an amazing set of strategies that got you this far. You don't have to rewrite them all. Right. Yeah. Just make these little adjustments and then watch it for a while and another little adjustment. And I found a tremendous amount of resistance in doing that because I had to congratulate myself on the patterns that I do have. I had to appreciate and have gratitude for how far I've gotten, which I I know intellectually that I should do that. This is another thing Joseph had us do. He says, raise your hand. Now reach back and pat yourself. On the back. <laughs> and it was like, that's so dumb. And I did it and it gave me chills. I was like, ah, oh, I'm a people. I'm a people, damn it. That's amazing. <laughs> so like looking at your journey and when you're vision casting, it's okay if it's far away, but also maybe envision the little thing you're going to do today, something like kale. So what small little adjustment am I going to take right here, right now? And I'll shake my ass when it's kind of scary. It'll be okay. And so I'm playing with this. This is like totally new for me. I am not um, a disciple of Tony. There were some people in the crowd that wanted to touch him like he was the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's some weird stuff that goes on in these communities. And if it works for people, I really don't care. That's but also a human thing, though. Yeah. I'm not that much of a people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday, maybe that's in the future of my personal growth journey and I'll get there. But um, 
I wanted to share this with you because I know you're a fellow analytical person and it's still really fresh in my head and to kind of just share this gift that I was given. This yeah. is the thing. I went and I did the thing. I was with people. It, uh, yeah, it's so freaking awesome. Like being able to get stories when people are like pretty fresh out of an experience mm-hmm. um, is like one of my favorite things to like catalog. Now, traditionally, I don't catalog it in like a recording. Yeah. Um, but being able to like someone come back from a seminar or something, especially because like I'm so madly in love with the personal growth world. Mm-hmm. Um, like my brother at one point, uh, he went to like a, um, like a money wealth seminar thing. Uh, and it was a couple days long and like, it was apparently quite experiential. Uh, he was telling me a story about like the exercise they do like near the end is like they envision like there's a penny on the ground and they pick it up and they like envision like how valuable it is to have like saved or had that. Um, and he was telling me like at the end of it, like how much of like a visceral intense emotional experience it was because of like the space the group got to like frequency wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and like being able to be, cause while I'm not always on the frequency anymore, cause I haven't done seminars in a while and I should actually go do one at some point. Cause it's always fun when people come back and I'm like, Oh, I should go do some. That sounds really scary, but also fun. <laughs> uh, but it's nice to have known some of this stuff that like mm-hmm. we know have, and have experienced some of this in the past. So they're like, we will tell these stories. They'd be like, that sounds weird. And like, what you gave back rubs and what you were sharing something rather personal. Wasn't that too personal? Like mm-hmm. instead you can kind of be like, that's really cool. Tell me more about it. Cause they're like in this energy space where it's like half vulnerable. Cause it's like, that was a little bit weird and half in like a space where like they could really. So why I really appreciate you doing this, especially in a recording, frankly, is like, um, one of the things that some people don't do on returning from those experiences, and I would argue maybe dissentingly that like some of those people may actually be the like Tony Robbins groupies that are mainly there to like feed off like his persona and his energy and like that room is like coming back and trying to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're just going to lose 90% of it anyway. Like you cannot replicate the 15,000 people thing to like push yourself into like that same space um but you can take tools you can take ideas you can take the stuff that's like lighting you up right now and like start thinking like how am i going to actually use this in like my own little world that isn't a seminar Mm -hmm. um and that is a lesson that like you have to that I think is really healthy for people to learn eventually when they especially like because I know some people that are like seminar junkies like they go, you know, every couple months or a couple times a year or whatever, just so that they can like get the rise in their life and then like teeter down for the rest of the year until they get like their next bump. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think there's like a road in between there where like you can go for the rise and the new experience and to get pumped and for this experience, but also you can come back and be like, man, you know, dance is shaking my butt. That's amazing. It's helped me push through these things. And like, how fun is that? And like, man, I never thought about gratitude this way. Like I'm going to put it into practice and actually try to figure this out, even though it's like a little weird and I still have resistance and like all this stuff, like mm-hmm. bringing it back into your laboratory, bring it back into your life. Um, and not like losing all of it is like, really cool and it's kind of it's what i try to like gently i don't need to do it with you necessarily but like when i have other people in my life they're like coming back for some other stuff i like gently try to be like cool like what does that look like so did you try that last night mm-hmm. or like do you try that thing this morning like just gently just being like it's a practice this stuff is like a practice um 
And uh, especially because like when you're not used to seminar stuff, like you think the high is going to last forever. Um, and that can be like a little disarming when like later it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, ex- I, I didn't have that particular uh, disappointment, but I could see how people would like, my life has changed forever. I will feel this way until the day I, wait a second. Why am I not feeling amazing today? It was all a lie. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a piece of me that wanted to do this very selfishly because in a year I might have lost another 7% of the 10 that I brought home. So now I can go back and listen to myself and take care of my Totally. Yeah, shaky my ass. I forgot about that. That was fun. And also it helped me close my rings on my watch. I should do that more. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, I'm selfish. I can take that. No, it's perfect. So thanks for... uh, playing here with me you should go to a seminar yeah it's super fun yeah i uh man that's unnerving just thinking about it <laughs> I, i've done a bunch of like really intense work in the past and like uh-huh. i wouldn't trade a single second of any of it for anything because i like i can get into this state where like i radically transform a tiny portion of my life mm-hmm. and it like stays changed like i think i changed like 30 percent i want to change but it turns out i changed five but like the five like I can actually change, like change, change, just like radically remap Mm -hmm. um, certain like patterns and habits. And so there's something I really like about that because I always like uh, course align closer to like my true life goal, it feels Mm -hmm. like. Um, But thinking about it, I'm just like, it is scary. So yeah, it it feels like I'm getting to a phase of my life where like I want to jump in again and, and be challenged in that way. Maybe. No pressure. And for you as well, the listener, if you would like some sort of uh, breaking the glass, not a glass ceiling for me, it's more like a fish tank I keep myself in. Yeah, if you'd yeah. like to break the glass, a seminar might be a good place to go. And also, there were some amazing people in that room. So it's an yeah. networking experience where you're talking to other people who are figuring out meditation. and like. Well, they just- are, there, there are people. Yeah. They, our, they're part of the community. Like, and they're they're part of the community enough that they're also like taking the plunge into a scary thing, mm-hmm. and maybe a thing that makes you look foolish. Because like even you've teased through this conversation that like seminars can be weird, yes. right? Like some people are like super intense, and like you're going to feel resistance like lots, yeah. and you're going to have like a bunch of your insecurities and a bunch of your like um uh like your your confidence and your ego come up, like all mm-hmm. of it seminars are really great at like revealing all that stuff yeah um and so uh to be able to be like no i'm gonna go do it even though i'm gonna go back and my family's gonna be like how was your weekend or how was that weekend it's like oh it's Tom and Rose. it's like who what why yeah did you, you drink the kool-aid are you yeah, crazy now exactly. <laughs> so so that are like filters to like kind of cool people that are like yeah. willing to take a risk to like level up yeah, and interesting mentoring opportunities or finding mentors sure. or just cross-pollinating ideas. It just it's it was interesting. An interesting place. And um lastly I want to give a shout out to the the nonprofit that took me there, which was Veterans Unleashed. Just randomly on Facebook awesome. I saw this cool. thing and I went, I should try. I don't want to. I should try. I won't. <laughs> this is safe. I got it. Oh crap. So <laughs> I guess I'm doing this thing. <laughs> It was so good. I was so glad I went. Awesome. So uh, maybe do a seminar. Who knows? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> at some point in your life, you know, I go as far to actually put a stake in the ground and say, like, at some point in your life, do the silly thing and, like, go to a seminar of someone you think is either inspiring or I wouldn't go to I wouldn't go to a seminar just to go to a seminar. Though that would be quite an experience in itself. Uh, but that's getting pretty meta. Me, me as like a <laughs> seminar volunteer, I'm like, I've told you this before off tape, but like uh their experience is their experience. So like if they go in and they're resistant for like all four days, that's a super resilient and I'm proud of them in this weird way. And also like <laughs> there are different lessons to be learned through that. But what I would say is like if you do have someone who you're like, I've always thought they were interesting, then mm-hmm. like at some point in your life, just take the plunge and go do it. Yeah. And you'll meet other people who are attracted to them, which makes you similar to those people in some way. So you never know who yeah. you're going to You may make adult friends. Adult friends? What? It's like what are those? to be challenging to do. So you should take the opportunity to do it when you can. <laughs> there you go. All right. So that's Tony Robbins and priming and lots of other fantastically uncomfortable little nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That was great. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Thank you. All right. we'll see you in a week yeah see you guys later <laughs> bye, bye.